This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, hiccups and those home remedies that surprisingly really work. I think they work because they're forcing you to contract your diaphragm muscle, to wince when you're eating something like lemon and sugar. The mystery of hiccups when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like Viewpoints, our sister show covering current affairs. This week on Viewpoints. These women are classic lifers. They're kind of icons of American culture. They've been working in diners and coffee shops most of their lives. Diner waitresses. We'll hear about how they create community at the counter. Then, the diversity bonus. How great teams pay off in the knowledge economy. All that and more this week on Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes, and Stitcher. Everyone gets hiccups occasionally. They're universal. In fact, almost every species in the entire animal kingdom gets hiccups. Rats, cats, fish will all have hiccups. And we don't know when they're helpful or who they are helpful to. I can't tell you whether it's a vestige of life past where we evolved from something where it made a difference or whether it's stopping people from having pieces of their lungs collapse a bit. That's Dr. Tyler Simmett, an expert on hiccups, as well as chief of clinical education at the American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine. He says doctors know in minute detail what's going on when we hiccup, even if we don't know why they occur. So a hiccup is when your diaphragm contracts, the muscles between your ribs contract, and your glottis, your throat, closes down. So it kind of stretches out everything in the middle, and it is involuntary almost all the time. It's hard to say, I want to hiccup and hiccup. It's something the body just does. It is an experience very much like sneezing or crying or yawning, where it's physiological. The body takes over and does these things. It's the nervous system telling the muscles what to do. In the case of a hiccup, it's the muscles of the chest cavity, the diaphragm and the intercostal muscles, the ones between the rib, that will pull and expand the chest cavity while closing off the ability to bring air in. And that's what makes the characteristic hick sound of a hiccup, or what we in medicine call a singletus. All that most people know is that hiccups are annoying and uncomfortable. We figure that my hiccup is exactly the same as yours. But Simmet says that's not true. Some people will have 5 to 20 hiccups and be done. Some will always top out at 100. Others can go for two hours or even up to two days. If you hiccup once every eight seconds, when you get the hiccups, you're going to hiccup once every eight seconds. You're not going to have a rapid fire hick, hick, hick every second or two because your pattern is eight seconds. Some people may have a hiccup every two seconds, and their hiccup experience may last for 30 seconds. In other people, it could be two hours. So when somebody gets into a hiccup spasm, they're going to have the same thing most times when they have it or something very close. For most of us, hiccups aren't that bad. They're an occasional annoyance. Almost everybody has a favorite folk remedy to try to get rid of them. Things like drinking water upside down or putting lemon juice on a spoonful of sugar. And you may be surprised, Simmet says, they may not be based in science, but most of those remedies actually work. I think they work because they're forcing you to contract your diaphragm muscle, to twist your ribs, to wince when you're eating something like lemon and sugar. 
and that gives you a reaction that contracts your muscles. The drinking water upside down on the top of your mouth. If you're going to bend over, you're going to push your diaphragm down. If you're going to bend over and then try and hold the water in your mouth, you're twisting your rib muscles. So I'm not saying that that's the right way to do it or why you're doing it, but I'm saying it accomplishes something that will change the pattern that you're experiencing. But they make sense not at getting at the cause and addressing the root cause of the hiccups. They're not going to fix a mineral deficiency because magnesium, selenium, and zinc that are depleted from the body will make it more likely for you to have a hiccup. So it's not addressing that. It's not testing that. But if it's a nuisance hiccup, it's less than two days, and you're going to try something, then trying something that's going to push your diaphragm down, that's going to get you to move your muscles in a certain way, really can make a difference. A lot of people get hiccups after eating too quickly or drinking a carbonated beverage. But hiccups actually happen most often coming out of anesthesia after surgery. Doctors don't consider hiccups as anything more than a nuisance until they go on for more than two days straight. Then it's time to check in with your doctor. Hiccups can happen from an irritation to the diaphragm, an irritation to the brain, something going off with the nervous system because of drugs somebody is taking, either prescribed or unprescribed, or changes in the chemical structure in the blood and the body that can cause or set off a bout of hiccups or even a recurrent bout of hiccups. Does the hiccup stop when you sleep? If it's a normal hiccup that you have because your body is going through this cleansing or routine or just something going on with your body, sleep should stop hiccups. If sleep doesn't stop hiccups, then we start looking for other things. Some of those other things can be mundane. A few can be pretty serious. We usually start with, is it related to heartburn or esophageal issues? Has the person gained weight recently? Or do they look differently? Have they noticed a change in the fit of their clothes or appearance of their clothes? Our major concerns are diaphragmatic issues, where something could be pushing on the diaphragm. And the thing that scares us the most is fluid that's in the abdominal cavity, that if it touches the diaphragm can irritate it and cause hiccups. And we do worry about the central nervous system or the brain. And while it is incredibly rare to have a brain tumor cause hiccups, it's something we do have to put in the category of things we have to think about. Other things that may be more common, even a change in the alcohol intake or pattern of alcohol can induce a bout of hiccups. So starting or stopping alcohol can do it. And even over-the-counter steroids, the creams and stuff, if people take it on a regular basis, can start to bring on hiccups. However, there are hiccup variations short of two days straight that also warrant a doctor's visit. Many people have hiccups for an hour or two, stop for just a little while, then get them again, over and over and over. We do see people coming to doctors saying, I need this treated. It is affecting my ability to have relationships. It is affecting my ability to be taken seriously because it affects the conversation. So we do see it. And it does tend to happen in certain individuals more than others. We find that hiccups occur more commonly in young females, but treatment for hiccups is sought more commonly in older males. For some of those people, biofeedback or cognitive behavioral therapy can be effective at getting rid of hiccups. It doesn't address the cause of the hiccups. It doesn't look at the pattern of hiccups. But if you focus on it, you can override it. So I do think cognitive behavioral therapy is very powerful very effective and makes a difference. Not as much fun as drinking water upside down or putting the peanut butter on a spoon and licking it until you, you get a little bit at a time. But with more work and more structure, you can override the hiccup response. 
The problem with that is you have to consciously do it to stop the hiccups. And when you stop focusing on pushing the hiccups back, hiccups may come back. To learn more about the osteopathic approach to hiccups and every other kind of medical care, visit aacom.org. You can find out more about all our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.net. Our production director is Sean Waldron. I'm Nancy Benson. Medical Notes this week. This flu season is the second in a row where the federal government is recommending against use of the nasal spray version of the flu vaccine because of a drop in its effectiveness. But now scientists say in a study in the journal Vaccine that they found a mutation in the Flumist vaccine that might be exploited to boost its punch. Researchers have already tweaked the mutation experimentally and hope they can ramp it up to a commercial scale. Scientists all over the world are looking for an effective treatment of Alzheimer's disease, but a new study suggests that if they find such a treatment, the U.S. health system is ill-prepared to roll it out. The study finds that there are too few medical specialists to diagnose patients with the early signs of Alzheimer's and too few infusion centers to deliver treatments. Researchers estimate that as many as 2 million patients could be left waiting for therapy. Fecal transplants have proven extremely useful in combating potentially fatal C. difficile infections. However, many patients are put off by the ick factor of getting a fecal infusion via colonoscopy. Now a study in the Journal of the American Medical Association shows that pills containing frozen stool are just as effective at restoring healthy bacterial levels. Pills are also quicker and cheaper and leave patients much happier. And finally, people have long reported sightings of the abominable snowman, and the Yeti legend is important in the mythology of countries like Nepal and Tibet. Now a study in the Proceedings of the Royal Society B has analyzed DNA from purported snowman samples and determined it may be a myth after all. Of eight samples of hair, bone, teeth, and skin that were analyzed, seven were from bears and one was from a dog. And that's Medical Notes this week. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.